Welcome to the Farm Team Podcast, presented by HockeyAI.tech. I'm your host, Elliot Sheen. I'd like to take this opportunity to acknowledge that this episode was recorded in Calgary, Alberta, on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Pekani, the Kainai, and we also acknowledge the Sutina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, the Métis Nation, and all the people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. Thank you. Great, I think we're live, so welcome. Today's guest we have, I'm joined by Gord Watt. Gord is the operator of the High Level Athletic Therapy Clinic in Lethbridge, Alberta, um, where he's also in his third year with the U of 18 Lethbridge AAA Hurricanes. Um, Gord is an icon in the sports medicine world in Lethbridge and surrounding area. His athletic therapy career has spanned an incredible three decades. And as the Instagram commenter Logan Lavarado mentioned, uh, you are the best in the business. No one loves their players and teams like you, Gordo. Uh, so with that, I think that would be a, a good intro to, uh, to the podcast and kind of give you an idea of the kind of guy that Gord is and um, hopefully shed some light onto his perspective on the sports medicine side of hockey and especially in Lethbridge and kind of where it's headed in this, in, uh, going forward. So Gord, welcome to the program. Thanks, Elliot. It's it's a real it's a real pleasure to be here. It's my first. Uh, I've listened to a couple of podcasts, but this yeah. is my first in many years, and definitely my first podcast. I got a lot of a lot of friends and family interested to hear what I'm going to have to say, and I <laughs> I got people giving me hints about what not to say and what to say and and that. So uh, yeah, Logan Lavi's uh, comments there uh, are, are I'm very humbled by comments i've had from my past athletes uh I, you know i just try to do my job and and sure. do it the best like what i've been doing for 30 plus years i guess so yeah no i i mean from that instagram post just gonna give the audience a little bit of some insight there but gord mentioned that he's gonna be on the farm team podcast and the response uh through his facebook and instagram was uh, pretty incredible and you know just i was cruising through the the comments beforehand and um, it just really goes to show that the amount of people that you've reached um, and then the impact that you left on them. So uh, I'm sure they have some funny stories along the way because who doesn't when you're in, uh, involved in hockey and sports in general? So Yeah, hockey very small world. And uh, a buddy of mine that, that was the equipment manager for the Flames for many years, we chat once in a while in Calgary, Gus Thorson, and, and he always says, you know, it, hockey is about the people you meet and the friends you make. And, that's so true. I can't remember some of the years and scores, but I can re- remember people and names and what happened. And, and there's just so many memories and stories I have that we could chat about. And, and I'm sure we'll get off on yeah. tangents here this week, but, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll plug away at it. Uh, grinders get the job done, as one of my old players used to say. So we'll, we'll grind it out, Elliot. So- exactly, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, let me do that. Let me uh, open it up, I guess, and to get some more background um, into your personal life. And um, I was looking okay. at Facebook and it says you're born and raised Brandon, Manitoba. Is that? Born and raised Brandon, Manitoba. Yeah. Uh, uh, grew up in Brandon all my life, played a bunch of different sports, but, you know, graduated to hockey. Yeah. Uh, hockey, you know, I, I, my life and career is sort of a, a, a Stepping stone, but all connected. I, I played a little bit of hockey, got to midget double A 
a brand and that's as high as you can go and had yep. some high career. Uh, I had a, had a very small cup of coffee in the BC Junior League in Revelstoke back in 1981. Played about five, five, six games. I was a six-one defenseman that weighed 145 pounds back in those days, and uh, I got banged around quite a bit because <laughs> I was skinny. And uh, at 17, I got mono, and uh, that sort of ended my hockey career, and it got me into the refereeing and officiating world, which was a uh, real a real good uh part of my life uh yep. I, the alliancemen at the western hockey league level so i was on the pond with some great names you know darren Fleury, peter nedved joe sakic uh jeff Rogers, kevin shovel bayoff guys like that uh you know it's really cool to, to have been on the ice with a bunch of those guys some of my my colleagues uh you know they're finishing up their nhl careers as officials now and and it's kind of neat, but, but, you know, I, because I was so skinny, I was about 175 pounds then, and they were hiring guys in the NHL that were six, five, six, seven. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't going to go there. And, and uh, for whatever reason, I, I got into the, the athletic therapy world after that. Uh, my first experience with athletic therapy was I was in grade, grade eight and uh, I pulled my groin really bad playing provincials and, uh, came hobbling into school one Monday morning and we had a student teacher that had played hockey for the university Bobcats in Brandon and he goes well you got to phone you got to go see my buddy you know across the street so he phoned uh, a guy named Steve Dubinsky uh, at Brandon University and I hobbled, yep. hobbled across the street and that was my the start of my athletic therapy career you know I I, I worked with Steve uh, Steve worked on my body many, many times over the years. And, you know, finally in university, I, uh, I answered an ad on uh, the university bulletin board back then that said wanted sports medicine center uh, assistance. So anyways, I walked down the hall and said, hey, Steve, uh, you know, can I be an assistant? And he's just, well, well, what do you want to be an assistant for, Gordo? And I said, well, you know, uh, I, I think it might be interesting. It might be kind of, kind of good. And, you know, and, you know, I, I'd always been in the hockey world and, and I, I, I liked athletes and I liked, and I had a lot of injuries. So yeah. uh, here I am now, I, I kind of got my life together in 1989 and, and uh, graduated from Brandon University with a, with a minor in geography and a minor in phys ed, which is kind of a weird combination, yeah. but, and went to Mount Royal College the next year for two years. Uh, and that's where everything started. I that's out here in Calgary, yeah. correct? Mount Royal? Yeah, I was in Calgary, yeah. so I moved to Calgary two years. And I moved back to Brandon to, uh, to work with Steve at the clinic. And I uh, worked with the Bobcats for a couple of years, which was a, good, a great start. I, I, you know, I had a good people on my team. Uh, Tom Skinner was the coach. Uh, I'm still friends with a ton of those guys on the team. Uh, and like I said before, it's such a small world. The hockey world is, is we're always running into somebody that we know or people we know mutually. No, for sure. Uh, and the, one of the conversation that we had previous to this, kind of the intro to the podcast, you were talking about how it's, you know, come fast forward 30 years later and, you know, you could call a guy in any, you know, team in the Western League or really any sport around Western Canada and have them, you know, help you out in a, in a the drop of the hat oh, kind of for- thing. So. For sure, you know, I, I, 
you know, Whitey and Lethbridge, the equipment guy there has been a big help. If I, if I'm, you know, if I run, uh, if I wear out my diamond on my sharpener <laughs> yeah. or you hook yeah. some jerseys last week and, and it's always a pleasure to go and visit with those guys. And, and yeah, I, you know, my son's in Brandon, he had his volleyball shoe fixed by Scooter Haledi, uh, yeah. uh, the weekend's equipment for many years. And, and, uh, you know, that, that's kind of neat to be able to, to, it's completely not hockey, but it's sports and it's good people. So for sure. Yeah. And just uh, kind of talk a little bit about that too, as well. Your son is out in, uh, is it, do, do they call it Brandon university or university of Brandon? Brandon university. Brandon university. He's, yeah. uh, he's in his second year in the volleyball team there. And, uh, rookie of the year, really rookie of the year, Canada West. All team. I was uh, very proud. I don't pump my kids tires enough probably around the world. But but uh, yeah, I had a great year last year. Uh, it's fun because cause I know the therapist at Brandon University quite well. Uh, he was with the Calgary Flames for eight, 10 years, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Steve Dubinsky, who I alluded to earlier, he's still one of my best friends. And we have sushi together in Brandon whenever we can get there. And he's one of the three people I trust in Brandon to, to help <laughs> my son out yeah. if he runs it bizarre but but yeah he's uh you know my my kids didn't get into the hockey world which is is wonderful uh i love watching volleyball i love watching him play and my daughter swam for five years at, at, in university three in lethbridge and and two at u of a she's awesome. in pharmacy at u of a. uh and she was uh uh one of the proudest things of her is is her third year at u of l she was voted team cap one of the team captains by her teammates so that awesome. was that was pretty exciting for me. I, I remember when that happened and and that. So, but yeah, yeah that's that's it's hard with the COVID because you're not playing volleyball. Yeah, uh, they're doing their best. You know, they're they're practicing up till a couple of weeks ago, and then things got shut down. And it's like the rest of the world. It's it's kind of bizarre sure. that way. Yeah, and I, I guess give some more background too. And um, it's funny how your kids never ended up playing hockey and kind of went a different route with sports. But um, you know, you played a very instrumental uh, point in my, or part of my life too, especially when I was in junior hockey and I had a season engine injury where I required surgery. And I remember showing up to your to your basement there and looking for the rehab. And you know, it's kind of one of those things where I didn't know what I was going to do going forward. But I think just being able to you know, start rehab and start somewhere, you know, build a little bit of trust there and work my way back to the point where I'm healthy. And I literally could have returned that same season, but the coaches were just kind of, you know, let's wait for the next year. So, um, you know, I'm just thrilled to be able to have you on the show and kind of talk to you a little bit more about that. And I do have a lot of questions too, about the uh, current state of minor hockey, especially in Lethbridge and you, you know, having that insider perspective of the hurricane team, the triple U, U18, triple A team, um, you, let's kind of talk about that. What was the, uh, going into the season, obviously COVID was a thing and then, you know, fall rolls around, tryouts happen. Next thing you know, you now have an, a pretty important role on that team of being the, you know, the health and safety guy, I guess, um, with, with the team. Yeah. So what was the, what was the going into the season? What was it, um, it was looking like? What was the message? It was really unknown. We didn't know what was going on. If we were going to have a season, when it was going to start, what was going to happen. So, uh, the cohort got going. We had uh, our 25 guys plus staff, uh, lots of cleaning, masks on, yeah. on uh, in the dressing room. I I wear a mask on the bench. Uh, I'm I'm pretty lucky. My my brother, 
uh, Graham Spikewatt. He's the equipment manager for the for the Manitoba Moose yep. in the Jets uh, organization, and he was in the bubble in Edmonton for the playoffs with the Jets. So I, I he told me what kind of things they do, and awesome. obviously they're a little bit different than ours. But uh, we just we would p- practice our three times a week. We would. Uh, I remember we went to Okotoks and we got into the rink fifty twenty. 25 minutes before the game started. So we're doing the warm-ups in the parking lot and it's, it's unlocked up, throw it in, strap it on, away we go. But, you know, every team was in the same boat. So yeah. it, it was just a strange thing. And, and we we're on the bus last Thursday and we knew the press conference from Alberta Health was coming out and we figured we'd get shut down and yeah, we were shut down the next day. So we played in Calgary and uh, we, we had a, we were late because of the weather. The roads were awful. Our bus driver was awesome. We yeah. got to the rink. I, I think they were warming up when we got to the rink. So we didn't have a warm-up. Our goalies took zero shots. Uh, we went out, played pretty well. First period was a little little shaky, but we played real well and uh, uh, finished off the first COVID break with a 4-2 win. And uh, yeah. my is uh, – we're unbeaten going into the COVID break. We got three wins and two ties. So that's, that's kind of exciting in some ways. We're just waiting for it to come back and see how that'll transpire. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess they're just kind of, your team's kind of just sitting in a holding pattern right now. And you mentioned too, that you guys have a couple of weeks off anyways, during the, just naturally with the schedule. Yeah, so that, that was just built into the league. We'd play, we'd play one team three times and then we'd have a couple of weeks off, play another team three times, have a couple of weeks off and so on and so forth. And I think Hockey Alberta was waiting till, you know, everybody's waiting till they get more information. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we can keep playing. Uh, but we just, you know, one day at a time. That's exactly. how I, I live life. And, yeah. Uh, so I guess, the, yeah. You know, oh, sorry, we're just kind of delayed there. But I was going to get into um, – you know, your experience with the U18s. And like I said, this is, kind of, is your third season with them? Um, yeah, and third season with U18, which used to be AAA midget, but that's politically incorrect. Oh, and and yeah. my coaches were, hey, Gordo, it's 2020. You can't say that in hockey anymore. You can't say that. You know, so I, I'm, I'm working on uh, politically correct. This, but, is, is that yeah, something that is standardized for the, every, all the leagues, I think? Is there, or is it easier yeah, all way Canada, to, Yeah. Canada. U14, U, U, U16, U18 now. Yeah. And really, where in the world was the same except Canada, which, yeah, you know, sorry, but, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. My kids no, are still the yeah. same. We're playing against the same same bunch. And, and I, I've been involved with Lethbridge minor hockey with the AAA system. This is my sixth year in the AAA world. Uh I spent three weeks with, or three seasons with Michael Dick's uh, age group team. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I finished, I, I was going to take a year off from uh, hockey and, and, but Mike Dick phoned me in, in late September, mid October. And he says, you know, you know, you should come and hang out with us and work for us. And uh, he says, we got a real good team coming. And a real good team was an understatement for those three years in a row. We, we uh, had a special group of kids, had, had great coaching from a whole bunch of different coaches for their whole career. And, you know, we won the AAA league at, in Bantam. We won the 15-year-old league 
the next year. And uh, the next year was the real special year when we went to TELUS Cup. So and you we, joined the, just to kind of clarify there too, so you joined the, or the Dick's team in Bantam and then progressed yeah. with them to the minor midget and then as, into the AAA and that's where TELUS Cup kind of comes in? That's where TELUS Cup comes in. That, that's, awesome. uh, I think it was 2017. Uh, 2018. I can't 2018. remember the date. Yeah, 2018. I was just looking before yeah. you guys lost, uh, or you didn't. You won third place, but you, uh, you we won third. Toronto Young Nationals four nothing. Yeah, we we uh, we won the last game four nothing, and it was the first time there'd been a shutout in a medal game. Uh, Carl Tedichuk was real good in net, and we were real good in front of him. Awesome. Uh, we played Quebec the day before, and and my team was unreal. We would we were so you know, unflappable going into last minutes of games or down and in overtime. It's huge. You know, we're all, we tied it up with about six minutes left. And it's just like, okay, here we go. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll get into overtime and we'll win. And uh, as you know, Ellie, in overtime, there's no, there's no playbook. It, no, they, run and gun, yeah. Three, three, uh, you know, they, they hammered a, a shot at our net, went off a couple guys and went in. And all of a sudden we, we're playing for bronze the next day and Damn. to give my kids credit they regrouped real well uh jamie noodles mcclennan came in talked to us after the game he's friends with mike dick and joel dick yeah. and those guys and and he says you know you know that happens you know you, you got a chance to win a bronze medal tomorrow go out and play and uh and uh, i'm i'm real proud of that bunch of kids because uh just such good memories that year uh, a lot of rough memories that year too. That was the the year of the Humboldt bus crash. Yeah, uh, real real humbling. Yeah. Uh, puts your perspective in life a little bit, and because you know everybody that's in hockey at that kind of level and and above, we ride buses nonstop. Exactly and right. Could have been any any team in Canada or the U.S. And you know. Uh, Lethbridge lost a, a great young man with, with Logan Boulay. Um, good friends with Toby and, and, yeah. and his family. Uh, so, organ donor, you know, that legacy comes out of it. We played our games out of Logan Boulay Arena last year, first inaugural season, which was kind of neat. That is um, awesome, yeah. Great. Yeah, it, it was cool. And, and you know what, we would see Toby quite a bit around the rink. And, and you know, it, it that was a... That, that weekend was the, the weekend we were playing in Abbotsford for regionals uh, to see if we went to TELUS Cup. And yeah. we, we played real good there. But the Friday night when that accident happened, it, 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 was, it was a tough Friday and Saturday and Sunday were a tough couple of days oh, for a lot of us. It's, yeah, it's, un, it's unfathomable tragedy for sure. But it really serves as an inspiration to see the response to that, especially locally in, in Lethbridge and having those direct ties to Logan. So, Yeah, yeah, it, it's, you know, uh, I, I've always been a, an organ donor on my license, but I just made sure it was all done with Alberta Health now. And, and you know, if something good comes from a really nasty situation, yeah, so be it. I, I remember when, when Toby texted me, and he said, uh, Logan's going to be a, an organ donor. And uh, that was a tough day. Yeah, I don't know how to take that comment, but, you know, it's uh, yeah. pretty pretty incredible, yeah. too, at the same time. Thank God I was rooming alone uh, in Abbotsford. Uh, there was a lot of tears that weekend and a lot of people. Because in the hockey world, everybody knows somebody. And, and 
we knew Logan. So. Oh, exactly. And like you said, it's that familiarity of riding a bus. You know, that's something that's like a rite of passage for a lot of kids. How many starting times in, oh, exactly right. And like I remember situations where we'd have bus problems in the middle of nowhere, but God forbid it wasn't anything that you know these these people went yeah. through. So. You know, I, I was a linesman when the Swift Current bus accident happened, and I, I knew a couple guys on the bus, and you know, and that that affected everybody in Western Canada as well. And yeah, I, you know, I've been in the ditch once in my bus in a blizzard coming We're back. Knock on wood, knock on wood. There, yeah, absolutely, brother. And you know, we got into Lethbridge about five hours late, and we played that night against PA. So, but. Uh, yeah, it puts perspective and everything. And, you know, we're, we're just playing a game. We're lucky to play a game, but it, it's a small part of people's lives. The hockey players, it, it's, a, you know, if they play till they're 20 or, or 24 as a university person, you know, it's still a small percentage of your life. Eh? So, oh, for sure. But you know, that's my, that's my Lethbridge minor hockey. And, and, yep. uh, uh, of the guys I'm, I've got on my staff now, uh, Gilly, Gunner, Ruffles, Hoots, just tons of experience in hockey and life. Uh, you and know, it's, it's, in, yeah. it's enjoyable to go and, and you know, I, I, I text those guys pretty much a couple times a week when this COVID stuff's going on. And, and uh, there, there's so many good coaches and, and assistant coaches over the years. And, and you know, I, I don't want to start naming names because I'm going to forget somebody. And, yeah, and you know, but it, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's just a great part of hockey. So, yeah, for um, sure. When you guys pick back up here, it'll be, you know, you guys will be jumping right back into it and having that support system around the team itself will, you know, help, help a lot of those guys um, when the time comes. So, but you know what, for me, I look, I look at this now as, uh, Lethbridge midget triple U U18 triple A is going to the Telus Cup, right? So if you have the the top end minor hockey team in Lethbridge having that type of success, it's a trickle down effect, right? Because there might be you know brothers on you know, younger teams, but you ha- now have other teams to look up to that top triple A midget team. So those guys, you know, they might not realize it, but they do have a you know a place in the community now that um, they have to kind of lead by example. So what do you see in terms of? Uh, the development of your team and, you know, where the guys at, are at now and what, what's on the horizon for them. That's, that's, you know, I, I, I leave the coaching to the coaches, but, you know, our, our kids are working hard this year at the best they can with a bad scenario. Yep. Uh, you know, last year was unfortunate because nobody went to Telescope and nobody went to regionals. Uh, my team, you know, we would, had lost in a, a, the second round of playoffs in game five. My kids played great. Uh, we just came up short. We were a little beat up and came up. So, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good thing around the, uh, the the southern Alberta when you know it's like oh yeah, you guys had that team and you know so and so and and a lot of great players on that that Telus Cup team too. You know NHL high end NHL draft picks. Yeah. Uh, Ridley Gregg was supposed to skate with us last week before COVID got shut down. So I was looking forward to to see him and Mark at the rink and, and, and just having a guy like that in the dressing room and on the ice with kids that are a couple of years younger that, you know, they can look and say, you know, this is what Ridley does. You know, yeah. this is what so-and-so does. This is how he prepares for practice. This is how hard he works. Uh, you know, 
it, it does rub off on everybody and it, it's pretty cool that way. So for sure. And we had talked, we spoke before about how, you know, the biggest factor going from U 14, U 15, U 16, et cetera, is the game itself doesn't change, but if anything, it's the level of commitment now that's involved is what kind of, you know, leaps frog everything. So those guys, you know, as you progress throughout your minor, minor hockey, it really, you know, the commitment level shoots way up as well. Way, way huge. And, and I've been fortunate to work at the university level and in the Western Hockey League, uh, you know, over a broad span of time. And, and you know, uh, one of the cool things about my career the last few years has been uh, through knowing people in the world, whether it's an athletic therapist like Brooke Koslowski and Moose Jaw. Yep. You know, he phoned me up one day and he goes, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm going to U17 uh, in, in November. Do you want to fill in for me in Moose Jaw for a couple of weeks? And I'm just, oh, that's my, that's my wife and I'll ask the yeah. kids. And <laughs> exactly. they're just, oh, yeah, absolutely. It'd be a great experience. And, and it was a great experience. I met some great guys there too, you know. Uh, uh, I'm 8-1 and one as a Moose Jaw Warrior. So I, I'm pretty... I'll advertise that fact to anybody. You've got some negotiation power if they want to bring you back. So I don't know. I get more t-shirts or golf shirts. I think, so. <laughs> exactly. The next year, Vancouver Giants therapist, Mike Bernstein, was going to World Juniors. Yeah. And that was the year they were World Junior. And, and Bowen Byram was on my Bantam team with those guys. So uh, I filled in with uh, the Vancouver Giants for two weeks. I rode the bus around uh, the Central Division. And it was fabulous. It was minus 30 we went. But we didn't have, have a great uh, – it was right after Christmas. We had some colds yeah. and some sinus problems going around. And, and, uh, but, you know, I could tell it was a really tight bunch of guys. And that's the year they, they went to uh, Western, the Western League Finals, lost in Game 7 in OT in PA. And, and you know, just that was – you know, I'll still text some of those guys just to say hi. And, and, uh, and again, last year when I was, I went back to Moose Jaw for another two weeks because Brooke went somewhere else and, and had a, a, a great time in Moose Jaw. Uh, but, you know, I can see what, you know, guys in the Western League work this hard. You know, yeah. I, I can't imagine what pro guys do, but I imagine it's, it's even, even harder, you know. You know, in the morning, it's workouts and afternoons practice and, you know, after. Some of those younger kids, too, they're still in school, right? So you throw in the now you're in school, but you got to be a professional. Yeah. So, you know, they go to school and that's that's what they do. Uh, They come to the practice. You know, I think they missed the last class to go to practice and uh, they would work out after practice. And, uh, yeah, it's just the commitment and the the buy-in level. The game gets faster and more skilled and more preparation and the mental side of hockey is, is something that is, is greatly underrated in, in hockey. And I'm glad there's a lot more sports psychologists uh, and coaches are more in tune with preparation than we were back in, you know, my day, you'd, you'd show up to practice and you'd strap it on and go practice. And then you'd go to the rink on a game day and you'd, you'd play yeah. and, and whatever. But now it's, it's uh, you know, the nutrition is, is everything is, is, is improved in hockey. And it's, it's, it's neat to be a part of it. Like, I, I remember my last year in the Western League with the Hurricanes was 2002. Yep. And I didn't, 
I didn't go to a Western League game close up. I used to watch a few games here and there when my brother was in Saskatoon. But um, I remember watching my first game in Moose Jaw in 2017, and it's like, oh, my God, this is so fast. Yeah, and it was, kids were bigger and faster and more skilled, and it's like, holy smokes, this is fast. And, you know, it's just neat to, to, to see that that progression i guess so oh for sure i i remember going to the hurricanes games back in like oh two two and you know you growing up you're like holy shit these guys are good and then um you know you kind of get to that same age group and it's like fuck these guys are still the top of the top end talent and you know now i go back to games and they're still it's unbelievable how fast even the junior a programs oh. are around here yeah yeah it, it's uh you know i don't get a chance to watch too many junior a games all if we're in a rink where there's one going on after us i'll try and try and stick around and watch but but, uh, you know, and, and the, the AJ, most of the players are trying to go to the college route. I, it seems to be in, in the AJ and that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah it, it's skilled too. I got a lot of buddies playing. A lot of my ex-players playing in the AJ and the SJ. And uh, I don't think there's anybody in the BCJ right now. But, but I keep tabs on a lot of my players and, and yeah. you know, follow. Well, let me ask you that. You know, obviously you have a – you're not – on the coaching staff necessarily. So you do have a really good connection to the team itself. So just in terms of like the general mentality nowadays with midget players looking to further their career into the junior programs, is there a preferred route that a lot of these kids look at, or is it kind of, you know, wherever you know, I would be a best fit? I, I think in Canada, kids still look to the Western league uh, to go to that, try to get to that next level. Uh, I know, that for many years, I grew up in Brandon. I watched the Wheat Kings. You know, Brad McCurman was my favorite player. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching the Hextall and, and, you know, his escapades. And, and uh, they had real good teams back then. But, uh, you know, in terms of kids uh, progressing to the next level, uh, I had a chance to go uh, when I worked with Greg Gatto at University of Lethbridge. We went on an exhibition weekend to uh, Minnesota. We played Mankato and St. Cloud and the, the Gophers in Minnesota, and yeah. and I saw the how they run things there, and it, it, I thought I was in the NHL for for four days when I was in Minnesota. They, you know, yeah. there's five doctors at every game, uh, people filling your water bottles, people doing your laundry, uh, the students. And there's there's eight thousand people watching some team that nobody's ever heard of from somewhere in Canada. Wearing half in, shields. <laughs> wearing half shields. Everybody else has got the bird cages on and and uh you know you know it was it was neat to be part of that. They had the band playing in Minnesota and we went into overtime in uh in uh St. Cloud. No man St. Cloud I think we went into overtime. Yeah. Uh but it was just so neat to be a part of that and I and you know you know, knowing guys like you and and you know, other kids from from Lethbridge that went to play uh, Div One hockey, you know, that's a real good option now. Uh, you know, you play less games, players are older, you practice more, uh, but you're still treated royalty. You're not riding the bus from here to Portland or whatever. And uh, I think it's a real good uh, opportunity for guys to move up. I know. I know I got a few guys committed to places next year that I know Carson Dick's uh, going to be at Penn State. Uh, that would be awesome, yeah. Off, offhand, I, I can't talk about a few guys. And, and yeah. 
you know, that's a neat part of the world. And, uh, you know, in, in my past, I had the, the great opportunity to work, to work AAA midget girls hockey. Yeah, let's get the, into that a little bit as well. With the Southeast Tigers, and they were originally called the Hockey Hounds of Medicine yeah. Hat. And it was uh, just a phenomenal part of my life to work girls hockey. I know it sounds kind of different, but girls have a huge, huge love and, and passion for the game. It's just completely different. You yeah, can't. What are some of the, like, the, the differences, I guess, between the, the boys and the girls programs? It's, uh, well, first of all, AAA midget girls is, that's like being in the East Coast League. That's the third or fourth highest level yep. you can play in. So that's exciting, let alone. Uh, you know, it, it's different. It, the dedication, the dedication, I, you know, being the, uh, as oh. far they'll, they'll travel to go to a practice is incredible. Oh. I had I had a couple of girls every year driving two hours on a Tuesday and Thursday night to to come to practice in Vauxhall. They yeah. would drive home, make home at whatever time it was, probably one o'clock. And uh, they were, you know, I'm still friends, good friends with a lot of the girls and their parents that I worked with. Uh, yep. You know, we'll we'll text people randomly, and people will phone me up, and you you sharpen my skates, or and, and that was a great part of the game. And and I had my first success. Yeah, you know, first win. Uh, my first playoff win, my first series win. My, you know, I'm one in sixteen in the Western League in playoffs. But I got to girls hockey, and and my my third my third and fourth year, we uh, finished second in Alberta, and that was real exciting to to go from sort of not winning a playoff round to winning a to winning and going to provincial finals. You know, we were you know we lost three straight games but it was one nothing two to one empty net yeah uh, and i had probably i was thinking i was trying to count the number of girls and i apologize if my numbers are wrong but i probably had seven or eight girls go to div one in the u.s and they were playing at good schools and probably upwards of 15 girls played cis in canada and and they were impact players there Yep. Uh, I can't name names, but, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I get invited to weddings. My, my hockey gals will invite me to weddings in the summer and, and I'll get a picture of their, their, yeah. their newborn, newborn. And, and that's a great, that's a great feeling. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. For sure. I mean, uh, I was just thinking like, if you, if I put myself in your shoes, right, you deal with these people for, you know, upwards of 10 to well, 30 years ago and, you know, they still reach out to you and, yeah, how does that make you feel? It, 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 it's really great to go to the rink and see some of my old Western League guys and university guys yeah. bringing their kids to the rink because they're playing rap hockey now. Uh, you know, Charlie Mattersdorf or Justin Cruz, Jimmy Damone, guys like that. You know, their kids are playing at a decent level now. Yeah. Uh, this is the first year I'm in, in my second generation. I got two kids on my hockey team that their dads played at U of L my first year I was at university of Lethbridge. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of neat to, to see. Uh, some days it makes me feel really old, but yeah. most days I think that that's just really cool to, <clears throat> to be a part of that. No, actually, I, I, know, I can, yeah, go ahead. No, you know, you, uh, 
you know, I, you know, I go up and practice and I'll see Shane Roost and, and Ryan Christie there. They played at U of L back in 1993 and four and we'll laugh about how different the game is now or what used to go on. And, and like I said, I can't remember scores and, but I remember when, uh, I remember profound things that happened in my career. Uh, What, uh, you know, my Stanley Cup win was beating the Golden Bears in Alberta in Claire Drake Arena Friday, Saturday night. That had never happened in about 16 years. And uh, uh, the the Horns, we had a real good team that year. We lost lost in game three of uh, first round of playoffs in triple overtime. Uh, Scotty Bullzard goalie stopped about 187 shots. Yeah. Uh, we lost, but it was still one of the most memorable games in my career. The rink was packed at Nicholas Sharon, and uh, it was just fun to to be a part of that. And, so and, you guys, you guys you went know, up to Alberta and stole two games, and then uh, yeah, no, came back. That was a regular. Oh, game. regular I season. Guess, I see the weekend. That was a regular season game. You go and play. You play two games in in each each university town, and and uh, U of A's a great team and, and great players and coaches. But, but we went up there and uh, we, we beat them the first night. You know, I think it was four to two or whatever. And the next night we were down three nothing six minutes into the game. And it's like, oh, geez, this could, this could go south. And, but we chipped away and uh, yeah. got in time. And uh, it was the funniest. Uh, we had this guy named Mark Shevchuk and he was just an unreal skilled guy. Couldn't skate great, but but he had un- unreal hands. And I remember him saying he, he was up to shoot next. And he goes, ah, no worries, Horns. I got this one. He goes out there and he does some reverse toe drag shelf thing. Yeah. He scores. But Blake Ward stops, stops Dylan Stanley on the next shot. And we win on a Saturday night at U of A. And okay. the rink was quiet except for us hooting and hollering. So, but, uh, yeah, it's neat. I, you know, I, I just know so many people around the, the hockey world. Uh, it, it's you know it's 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 just pretty cool. Yeah, no, I bet I bet it's pretty incredible when you take a you know bird's eye view of you know what you've done in the to the game and the people you've met. So it's awesome. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know I'm trying to think up all the stories I would I would talk with you about and and there's just yeah. so many names. Well, so you know, I can't going off of that. Let's uh, let's get into that because being you know the sports medicine guy and also the equipment guy on each of these teams, you you know you're, again you're there every day with the, with the players and you're a great re- resource for them. And you know obviously November is mental or men's health awareness, but you know a mental the mental health aspect of hockey and sports in general, especially for males, is something I don't think is talked about enough. And you know I'm sure there's times that you've you know, experience throughout your career so far where guys have came to you with some issues and, you know, being able to yeah. talk to you openly about that is, is one of the most incredible things. I think, you know, your role sure. uh, and not just hockey, any sport. I, I any think sport, the athletic yeah. therapist is, is, is the sounding board. You know, I would have people tell me stuff that, that, you know, almost has me in tears. Yeah. Uh, everybody, you know, nobody, uh, I, I've got a big mushy heart. Uh, I can, my allergies can get bad anytime yeah. when something happens. But, you know, I've had people in all sorts of sports, you know, confide in me things and ask me what they should do. And, and you know, one of the, the great things about social media and, and all this stuff nowadays is mental health is recognized in hockey now. Yeah. You know, we got guys, Robin Leonard and his stories with, with mental health and addiction. 
uh, Sheldon Kennedy and, and Theron Fleury with their, their stories of abuse and addiction and, and recovery from that. Yeah. Uh, that's huge. But Malarchuk's book about how he dealt with the aftermath of that, uh, uh, his neck getting cut. Uh, oh, yeah. Shit. I, was, I was teaching a sports medicine class and I, you know, I, I taught the class for, for a whole bunch of years and, and I put the slide up of, of uh, Clint Malarchuk's throat and there's blood all over the place. And one of the gals in the front row, she just sort of passes over and faints in the middle of that. And that's no. never happened to me before. So, but I, I think it's, you know, hockey's still the, the, the rough, tough, macho yeah. bastard, but, but it's okay. You know, we got Michael Landsberg and his, his off the record, you know, sick, not weak. Yeah. Uh, dealing with mental health and and you know it's easier to get help nowadays i think uh everybody knows that that i haven't drank for a lot of years uh you know i don't want to we won't go into details but i i had to come some grips and i had to to make some changes in back in 1989 and and thank god that some people were in my life at that time that that pointed me in the right direction absolutely and and you know over the years it's People know I don't drink, and they'll, they'll ask me, you know, how come you don't drink? You know, say a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to talk about that with some of my players at the Western League level and the university level uh, to help them reach out and get help. Uh, you know, the mental health world is such a big world, and I, I wish those resources were around when I was around, you know, when I was growing up and playing. You know, even, even, just to have a sports psychologist tell you how to prepare to a game, how to visualize a game, how to recover after a bad, a bad night. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, all these, all these incidences of, of people getting help with, uh, with mental health issues is, is encouraging to see. For uh, sure. And mental health is just, you know, you can strengthen your mental health and, you know, working with those sports psychologists, you can really, add to your game on that mental side. That's, you know, you, just, you might be struggling sure. with some personal issues, but there's also ways to then train your brain to, uh, you know, get maximized the, that uh, yeah. mental effort. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wish I knew more about the sports psychology world too. Uh, you know, it's, it's great that we have some people in Lethbridge to, to work. We got Josh Hootner and, and Jen Sprittle and, and yeah. you know, they help out our athletes, you know, at, you know, uh, one of my athletes, uh, she had uh, torn her ACL and had surgery, uh, you know, a year and a half apart, and she dealt with her returning to play. Yeah. Uh, she was supposed to return to play basketball this fall, but who knows with COVID, she's doing real well, and I'm I'm glad to see that. But but yeah, the the mental health thing is, is so much more ex- visual and acceptable yeah. in in in. I'll talk about the hockey world because that's the world that I see the most of, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's okay to, and, you know, I'm sure Robin Leonard writing his story on the players Tribune. And there's a lot of guys out there that the light's going to go on and it's going to say, Hey, I need help too. And, yeah, and exactly. it's okay. you know, it's okay to, to say you're struggling and you know, the, the more you keep something inside and struggle, the worse it, the worse it gets. Yeah, it never gets better. That's for sure. If you keep no, it inside, it never, it never gets better. better. And you got to deal with it. And, you know, 
having an injury is a sports psychology issue. Yep. You know, everybody that goes through, and you know, you know, hopefully injuries are minor and they get better. You separate your shoulder, you, you sprain your wrist or whatever. Um, but sometimes they don't. And, yep. and I've had 20 year old men in tears when I say, you know, your, your season's done, you know, you know, this is going to end. You're going to need surgery. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a, that's a humbling thing to see a, a grown 20 year old man cry. Oh yeah. Uh, I've, I've been there plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it, 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 there's a whole gamut of, of emotions that come out then. It's like, what do I do next? You know, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How am I going to, and then it's like, Hey, let's just, let's just do the process here. Let's, let's deal with things one step at a time. And, and, you know, you know, if things, if things work, they work. If they don't, they don't. Um, And, you know, you know, when I started my career as an athletic therapist, I wanted to go to the NHL as an athletic therapist. After five years in the Western League, maybe, uh, you know, I came to the conclusion that maybe it wasn't where I wanted to be. Uh, That's a business there. You know, I've got guys, I've got buddies that have been fired in the NHL because, a new coach comes in or the coach uh, needs to fire somebody to shake things up. And it's like, Oh yeah. For, firing the, the, the therapist, the assistant therapist, cause your team didn't make the playoffs. That, that, that'll help. Yeah. That's help. the issue. Hey? Yeah. And that happens in baseball too. So I've yeah, seen fine. that. Uh, yeah. It's funny, but, but you know, uh, back on the mental health thing, you know, bell let's talk is like January 30th and yeah. that's all wonderful. Everybody changes their, Facebook profile to, oh yeah, let's talk. I'll listen. But but you got to. That's got to be 365 days a year, uh, because yeah, exactly. mental mental health doesn't take a day off, and you got to uh, you got to fight those battles. You know, every day. Uh, you know, I always cheer for the guys that I know in the NHL and Major League Baseball that that I know have fought the same battles I have. Yeah. Uh, I I can't remember a ton of names, but. But, uh, uh, you know, sometimes people fight those battles and they don't win. Yep. Like uh, the, the, big, the big name, well, the, the most prominent name in Lethbridge is the Rick Rippon. Yeah, you know, right. most, most people know the, you know, Al and, Al and his wife and his family. And, and uh, you know, that, I didn't know Rip that well. I only met him a couple times. And, and he was such a good guy. He was quiet. He was appreciative of what when you did stuff for him but you saw him fight those battles over the year and I, I remember the exact time and place I was when when it came over CBC News that, that Rick Rippon had passed away and and I I had to stop the car and and just sit there for a while and it, it, it just it, it was just hard yeah it tears um, you apart it tears you up it tears you up it does and you know, I, I try to look in the positives for, for everything. You yep. got to find the good part. And, you know, that helps people talk about mental health, you know, whether that's, you know, he had addiction issues because of mental health or he had concussion issues. Yeah. You know, that was the year, that was the year three guys passed away from suspected CTE concussion issues, addiction issues as well. So, you know, one of the one of the great things about Rick's passing is is uh, that you know the Winnipeg Jets and Craig Heisinger does a, a stellar job of keeping Rip's memory 
Yeah. A lot. And, you know, in uh, some organizations don't have that mental health help and, and more, more do nowadays. So um, it, it's good to see that way, but it's still really hard to see somebody lose that battle. And I remember they interviewed Zinger on TV and he said, maybe depression just won in the end. You know, he yeah. had all the doctors, maybe depression just won. And it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a crappy thing to think about, but you know, it's life. Bad it things is. happen in life. It and is. You're, you're exactly right. When you put mental, uh, mental health and mental health awareness on the forefront of your organization to make people, you know, feel comfortable. In fact, they can openly talk about that, that kind of stuff. That's yeah. to me, the, the biggest step you can take. Um, to show sure. that you know that you are willing to to work with them because uh, people are just scared, right? And you know, when you're scared and you remain quiet, nothing ever good is going to happen. So, yeah, that's that's the hockey world for years and years. Nobody wanted to have depression or anxiety, yeah. uh, and now now it's 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 okay to 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 ask to say, yeah. and and as an athletic therapist, I think a lot of athletes they maybe don't want to go to the coach and talk about it, but but you know, they'll sort of come into the equipment room or the therapy room and, you know, nobody else will be around. They'll say, Hey, you know, this is going on. Yeah. And I'll say, I'll listen. And, and, you know, you know, how can I help you? Exactly. You know, like, um, maybe you should talk to this person. Maybe you should talk to that person. Uh, you know, there's, there's a ton of people we can talk to now, nowadays, you know, for sure. psychologists, there's counselors, there's, there's, assistant coaches, teachers, athletic therapists, you know, somebody's got to get the ball rolling Yeah, for, for those people. So, um, well, yeah, you, and, and, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say for me, you know, my personal experience, it was the injuries that you sustain when you're playing, you know, that's what can lead you down that dark road, right. Where you don't have a good support structure to help you, you know, trust the process to bring yourself back to where you need to be. Um, what, or, you know, that injury can just kind of cripple you at that point. So it is working with directly with people like yourself that allow you to kind of, you know, get gauge the, where the person's at with their injury and where they're, they're at with their head. So um, you kind of have that first, the frontline worker, I guess, in, in that aspect. It, it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Some people, mm-hmm. some people, you know, everybody deals with everything different. Some people, okay, this is just a speed bump to get over. Other people, it's, it's, it's real hard. It's an everyday thing. Yeah. Uh, an everyday thing. And, and you just do the best you can. You know, you're, but you're right. You said before, like life is not easy, right? So no matter it's what, easy. it's going to fucking, you're going to have to overcome adversity throughout your life. So it's just a matter of how you yeah. prepare yourself for that. Yeah. And, and life, life is life. I, you know, you know, people die, you know, yep. people die in life. Sometimes they're your best friend. Sometimes they're your hockey manager. My, my AAA midget hockey uh, girls manager was a, a great fellow named Calvin Oakland. And he, yep. he was from Vauxhall. Yeah. He ran girls hockey in Southern Alberta and he, he tragically died in a car crash Damn. in February. And, <laughs> and you know, that was hard. Like uh, my team, like he, he impacted every girl on that team, the coaches, and, you know, my, my coach, uh, Stu Peters, made me go and do a speech uh, before the game. Yeah. Uh, this, and, and I was doing real good. 
And then I looked over and I saw one of my girls on the blue light and she was just balling hard. Yeah. And I, I choked, I choked up hard, but uh, yeah, life, life happens. And yeah. you know, you know, I, one of my best friends was a guy named Rob Stalford. He was the athletic therapist student for the brand of Kings for many years. He, he died of cancer uh, just before his 40th birthday. And that was a hard couple of years to go through. Uh, yeah, it, it, it sucked. Um, yeah. But hey, that's life. Exactly. You and know, you have, you, you got the rink to go to and, you know, grieve with people. and Yeah. For, you know, you know this, is a, this is a hard time. You know, the rink is, and you know this, Elliot, the rink is your safe place. Yeah. You know, it, it's good to go there and to be in the dressing room and to be around the guys and you go and practice and you're not thinking about your exam or your girlfriend or your parents or whatever is going on. And that's a safe place. And now maybe that's why there's a lot of people struggling. We don't have that safe place to go to right now. Yeah. You know, you know, that was, you know, my safe place is, is the ballpark in the summertime and the rink in the wintertime and fly fishing at some river or creek, whatever in Southern Alberta that I don't get to do enough of, but, but everybody needs that safe, that, that safe spot to, to get away from the world and tune it out. And, you know, I wish I had better sports psychology terms, you know, to refocus and and to, to do that. So, but yeah, bad things happen in life, but, but lots of good things happen too. And and you just got to, try to yeah. find the good thing in everything and and you know you don't know something's a good t- a good thing till maybe a few years later you know yeah uh, that's exactly it where the, the troubles you're dealing with today are going to be you're going to look back in time and say that's the most powerful thing you've overcome and you know your perspective on that situation is going to change drastically um, yeah. and it will be impactful so yeah and, and you know it Exactly. You, you, you know, you, you get through a lot of life and then you look back and you say, wow, that was, that was shitty. Uh, mm-hmm. But I got through it with, with help from this person or that person or, exactly. or whoever. With uh, people, right? With people or, or your higher power or whatever you want to call that. So. Yeah. Oh, that's something we yeah. get into another day. I firmly believe in that, but for a while. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that, yeah. What else are we going to talk about today? We're running out of time here. Yeah, just, here. I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. We talked for an hour on Monday yeah. and I hadn't talked to you probably 15 years. At least. Uh, yeah. Since it's just before your Okotoks year. And, and I knew this would be a, a conversation where a lot of stuff got talked about and a lot of, you know, I, I had a little note here about, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, let's end it on anything that you, let's open the floor up. Is there anything you want to bring up or okay. talk about or? I don't I, I don't think about, I, I just, uh, yeah. uh, one thing that, 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 uh, and you see this, this is an argument. And I believe that, that hockey players should be athletes and, and you should play as many sports as you can, if you can, yeah. uh, you know, scouts and high level coaching people will say, if you're good enough, people will find you, you know? Yep. You know what level you're, whether you're playing in in this league here or that league, uh, scouts will find you and you will get a chance, and and that's all people can ask for is that chance. Yep. You know, and you got to make most of that that chance when it comes. Uh, At playing uh, playing multi sports, you know, I've 
I couldn't agree more with you. In fact, that it allows you to see things differently. You take things and the way you perceive things differently throughout all this different sports. Um, and then it, it, at the end of the day, it just makes you better at one particular sport. If you know, hockey's that Avenue, then that's, that's great. Cause it, it's never, you yeah. focus on one thing all the time. It's never, it's not going to, you know, come to fruition of what you, the all round player you want to be. Yeah. I, I remember w- when I was working 15s, we were playing provincials in, in Grand Prairie and we were all doing warmups in a, in a big soccer field house. And, and some guys are shooting baskets and some guys are kicking a soccer ball and diddling around. And then, and then you can, you can look at the guys that have, that's all they've played is hockey and they're just, they just aren't as smooth in a lot of those athletic movements as, as some, as some other kids. Yeah. So that, that's one of the things that, that is do a lot of different sports. By the time you're 16, 17, you know, you're, you know, whether you're going to be a baseball player or whether you're going to be a hockey player. Uh, and then you can, you can focus on that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think a mental break is, is, you know, you get to spring and hockey's over. Take a break from hockey, play soccer, play baseball, go swimming, be in swim club. Yeah. Uh, go fishing. Do that stuff. Go fishing. Uh, whatever it is that, you know, I, uh, riding a bike for me for many years was, was my, yeah. was my Zen, Zen time. But all those injuries you had when you were younger, they come back to haunt you. And I, I can't ride a bike as much as I used to. Thank God my wife bought a new bike for me. And, and, uh, we go out and cruise around that. And that's, uh, that's uh, a great couple hours of when I get out and, and do that. Yeah, uh, I saw I saw that you're big into walking too, even when it's blizzards out. I'm, oh yeah, hey, I'm the poor walking king in Southern Alberta, yeah, man. There you go. How many miles uh, you got on? I I don't know. Uh, I, I when this COVID stuff started, I you know I was sitting around watching TV and the news, which got to be depressing. And yeah, yeah. my wife had bought walking poles uh, about six months before COVID started, and she's just, are you ever going to use your poles on this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I went out one morning for a walk and, and it was, it was enjoyable. The weather was great this spring in Lethbridge. Yeah, the wind wasn't blowing, I imagine. The wind wasn't blowing. wind was blowing today a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I just started walking and I walked for, you know, 40, 50 minutes. And, and after about three weeks, it's like, you know, that's just what I did. I, I got up and I'd go walk and, and then it's just like, holy smokes, I've, I've walked for like three months straight without missing a day. And that's kind of cool, you know, yeah, like, for sure. It, it's hard some days, like we have, we have pretty hot summers some days and it's, you know, 34 degrees out and I'm not walking in 34 degree heat in the middle of the day. So, you know, some of those walks had to be at 830 at night or, you know, early in the morning. I got rained on a few times. I walked in the blizzard uh, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, see Instagram pick there with yeah, my, yeah. my and, and that, but but it's it's it, it, when COVID's going on. I think you know the positive that COVID is going on is I've walked 250 plus days in a row without missing for at least 40 minutes. I so, saw that 240 so Gordy. 240 Gordy. Yeah, I got yeah. a I had a I think a media guy in Vancouver called me that Dan oh, Dan yeah. O'Connor. In, in uh, the Vancouver Giants play-by-play guy, I think, called you, Lordy, Lordy, 240, Gordy. 240. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's fun. And I, I, I get to walk with my wife every once in a while. And, yeah. and she doesn't like walking in the mornings like I do. So, you know, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, I, I don't know if I've 
you know, I'm sure you and I could talk for another two hours about everything, everything. that we wanted to talk about. But like like we said at the start, the, the sports and the therapy and the equipment world, it, it's all about the people you meet. Yeah. And you, you're going to meet great people. In my career, there, there's, of course, there's people I didn't get along with great or didn't like as much, but I think it's 99% of the people I, I enjoyed dealing with and and still deal with. You know, I, yeah. I deal with uh, some, some rodeo cowboys nowadays, and they're, they're just awesome people to deal with. Uh, my clinic, I, I work with a little bit of everything. You know, it's a little quiet right now. Uh, I got a, a cowboy coming in. I got a, a, a cowboy that runs a grocery store coming in. And, and I love helping those guys, you know. Uh, Absolutely. The, the clinic, the clinic world is a nice change from from the, the sports world. It's it's, you know, some days I prefer the rink, some days I prefer the the clinic. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's all. It, most of it has been uh, just a great experience. Uh, and you know, sometimes when you go to the rink and you feel crappy, you got you know you're kind of sore and stiff and tired, and you know, I'm I'm just working U18. I don't have to go to the rink every day for, like, that. My buddies in the dub and the, the yeah. junior leagues. You know, they're, they're there 18 hours a day, and they work hard every day. And there's pressure and bad things happening too. But, but uh, you just you just uh, you know, the next day is a new day, and you get up and and you you, you plug away at it and and. Uh, find your next new experience so absolutely well it's great that you know after 30 30 plus years you can still say that and you know something you still enjoy is going in the rink so um the bus rides getting hard really <laughs> i bet yeah it used to be like uh i i never was a great sleeper on the bus especially if the weather was a little little sketchy yeah. but now i'm better than uh but you know we don't have to go to from seattle to to Lethbridge anymore, you know. Yeah. You know, we go from Edmonton, Lethbridge, or Grand Prairie to Lethbridge, which is still a long haul. But, but yeah, the bus rides are harder. But my coaches, they make it fun. We got lots of snacks, and uh, and kids are athletes are good people to be around. Yeah. They're they're pretty positive. They're usually pretty upbeat. And you never know what you might see or hear. And I just shake my head at some of the things that I hear. You know, social media is. <laughs> You know, you, you, you know, who would have thought 15 years ago that we'd all have these cell phones and we'd be talking over uh, your computer about whatever. And, and yeah. uh, that's the thing social media is, is you got a hold of me to talk about this. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I knew you were at, whole, at, at Merrimack for a bunch of years, but then I didn't know where you were after that. And, and uh, here we are chatting. So yeah. social media is a good thing in a lot of ways. Um, I, I try to be positive and upbeat on social media i try not to post weird, weird bad stuff so well that's because they have all their algorithms in the background just to get you as fired up as possible so they're doing their job it's just a matter of i get so but yeah. but it, it's uh, it's it's a uh, athletes are a great a great bunch to be sports is a great world to be in we didn't even talk about baseball you know, we didn't we know talk, we could talk two hours about minor league baseball and and college league baseball, you know, it was a hard summer this summer because it was the first summer in 18 years that I haven't been at the ballpark with the Lethbridge Bull. And yeah, no season this year? Completely canceled? No season. Yeah, yeah. completely canceled. They, they, they shut her down in the middle of May. Uh, 
Well, I guess, you know, it's travel and a lot of the kids in the league are Americans. Yeah, uh, big thing too. So, yeah, so it was it was a weird year for that. But, you know, I got to go fishing a little more. I got to, to walk a little more. I got to do a little more things that you, you don't do. And, okay, it's got a ball game this weekend. I'm going to be at the ballpark at 5 o'clock and I'll get home at 1130 or whatever it is. And, yeah. But ball, ball is a different world too. And you meet great people in baseball too. So. You know, I, we'll, we'll have to do this again because we're going to get uh, we'll get baseball AI at some point. We're doing hockey AI right now, so baseball is on okay. the following suit. And again, it's uh, to get an insider perspective on you know certain situations, and you know, obviously with you being a on the sports medicine side, it's it's cool to hear what you, you know your side of the story and what you've seen over the last thirty years. So, and like you said, with social media, yeah. I'm I'm able to send you a link that you click, and now we're both talking and can record it. So, I'm, yeah, we. Looking forward we to needed that. some assistance from my wife on the on the yeah. technological, but, but you talked me through it. I got on the computer, and, and I hope all the people that uh, that they got a, a little bit of a chuckle out of everything. Uh, I, I was just saying, okay, I got written down here: be positive, no potty mouth, <laughs> make sure the filter works. And I think I might have said one or two bad words, but but it wasn't too bad. And and as everybody knows, uh, I uh, I like to to talk, and uh, sometimes my uh, my comments on the on the bench are a little, little, or in the dressing room or the bus are a little, little, it's little like, rough. It's like what Labrador uh, said with the Canada Labrado West. Said, oh, you're the Canada West Pim, Pim's leader for the for therapists and trainers. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I was suspended once or twice. I'm not proud of it, but but every time I was suspended, or every time I was penalized. I was sticking up for my players because I thought something was going on where, where it was a danger issue or a safety yep. issue. And, 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 you know, being a linesman, I know when referees and linesmen screw up and, you know, I'll, I'll pick my spots, but as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm trying to calm down a little more. My, my coaches are probably shaking their head right now, but yeah. maybe the masks on and the bench are good. Cause I think it's kind of like a muslin. I can't yell as good as I used to. So. No, no, that's funny. That's uh, I'm sure whenever you get loud on the bench, the refs love that. So, <laughs> yeah, it depends if you're at home or away. The guys at home, they'll sure. they'll say, "Gordo, settle down." Yeah, Gordo, that's true. You know, quiet her down a little bit, and I'll say, "Okay, yeah." But you know, I don't get that benefit on the road a lot. So, but I haven't been thrown out of a baseball game yet. I'm I'm sure I don't know if that'll ever happen. But uh, I'm friends with all the umpires in Lethbridge and. And we have good conversations about that. I, I swear in, in check or something. So, well, you but, just said uh, it. So you put it out to the universe. So who, who knows what next season will bring? Ah, who knows what next season? I hope there is the next baseball. Yeah. I hope I hope we get back to uh, to hockey soon. I hope we get back to kind of normal soon because it, it's you know what can you do? You do the best you can for sure. So we got to wear a mask. You know, I get it. I've got friends that are doctors and and they're worried. You know, being asthmatic and stuff, I, you know, I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't want my family to get sick either. Like, you know, we're always worried about our kids and their university and are they washing their hands enough? Are they socially distancing enough? Are they doing that? <clears throat> you know, I hope we hope, hope they are. Yeah, so, that's all you can ask for. But, but that's all we can ask. And, but I better let you go. I, I, I'm sure we could talk for a couple more hours, but it, it's been such a good time talking to you, Elliot. It, it, for sure. Like I said, the best part of my job is meeting good people. Like I haven't met your brother, but oh. your mom and dad were 
your mom and dad were awesome to visit with when they brought you to the clinic and and uh i know your cousins uh you related to the tate family yeah. and all that and it, it was good to to know dylan and what he went through with his uh yeah uh, well, we're gonna have him on the podcast sure. here soon and talk about so that, that he, he's, a, he's a great talker he's so funny sure. yeah he is but, but gosh they had three guys with testicular cancer on the the, the athletic therapist Fuck. and two guys on the team yep. of the University of Longhorns with testicular cancer. What are the odds of that? Well, like, it, it makes you wonder if like something's in the water or something, something like who knows, right? It just, who it, knows? having I, something like maybe, that. So it's hard to speculate, yeah, but at the same time, it's, you know, I really want to talk to my cousin about that experience and, you know, rest in peace to, to Brock there. And, you know, he's yeah, that whole, that, it's that just, it's a shame to see the, the program, you know, fold. Hopefully it's a temporary thing, but. Um, Horrible shame to see. I was just, I was saddened, pissed off, upset, mad, disappointed. Uh, because when I got to Lethbridge, I didn't know very many people. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank God that one of them was the assistant coach of the Lethbridge Longhorns. And yep. he asked me to help him. And that's where I got my start in Lethbridge. So uh, to see the Horns program go down is sad, but my, my U18 team is in the Horns men's dressing room at Nicholas Sharon. All the photos are still up on the wall. There you and go. there's, uh, you know, I can show some of my kids, hey, there's your dad. Your dad <laughs> is my coach. And, uh, this is me when I had a lot more hair and it wasn't gray. Uh, so that's, that's a great, you know, we got a big picture of Brock Hershey on the, on the door as yeah. we go in. And, and, you know, my young kids, they, or the kids on my team don't really know Brock. So uh, we'll tell him some stories about Brock. I know he was close to our coaching staff and and me. Uh, yeah. You know, going to a funeral like that is just, you know, the place was packed at the rink, and they were all hockey people wearing their hockey jerseys. Yeah, and incredible. Incredible, yeah. Guys I hadn't seen for, for 15 years would come up and we'd hug and have a have a cry about Brock and, and chat about what he meant to us and what – he was the bravest man in, in Canada. Like – we were going through our, our, our Bantam. It was a Telus Cup then. No, it was, it, was, yeah. it was Midget. It was Midget. We were going through that. Uh, we just won Alberta. And I, I messaged Brock and I said, hey, I'm going to try and get over and show you our pennant. You know, I'll get over in your front lawn and, send yeah. you, and show you the pennant. And, and he said, yeah, man, bring it over. And, and I didn't get a chance to do it because he was, it was the last, uh, the last part of his battle. But, but to be so upbeat and to fight like he did for so many years is, is, like it, is just sure. yeah, it was, it was, you know, we could talk about people like that for days. So, but uh, anyways, thanks so much for having me, Elliot. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it was a great, great thing to do. I was a little nervous and, uh, and uh, my first podcast experience was a good one. So yeah, well, we'll maybe, maybe one day I'll get on the radio and I'll have you back on. Oh, perfect. Thanks, Elliot. We'll talk yeah, to you later. Take care, Gord. Take care.